verse 19, Ephesians 1, 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. He hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You can be seated. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power a, a believer when I say believer it should mean something because a lot of people say they believe but there's a faith that doesn't just stop with lip service it's life changing faith and the Bible tells us that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith um, how many people in here are skeptics? Raise your hand if you're a skeptic by nature. You just don't trust everything people tell you. You don't trust anything they got to show you. Raise your hand real high. Let me see if you're a skeptic. There's a lot of skeptics in here. Um, how many people, because the opposite of that, I guess, would be gullible. How many people are gullible? <laughs> They're raising their hands. I didn't think they would do it. Um, I, by nature, am a skeptic. And just because somebody tells me something doesn't mean that I latch onto it and believe it. Um, I remember being a kid sitting in church listening to the preacher preach, and I was skeptical. Anybody with me? I really didn't know if what he was saying was right or not. As a matter of fact, when I, when I did give my life to the Lord, I still didn't know if I wanted to be a Christian. I said, maybe I want to be a Muslim. Maybe I want to be Hindu. Maybe I want to be a Mormon. Maybe I want to be something else. Maybe I don't want to be this. And so as I began to study scripture, I found things about Christianity that made it different than every other religion. But just because it's different doesn't mean it's true. It just meant it was different, right? Um, some things as I, as I was studying, I found out every other religion says you have to do something to get to heaven. Every other religion says you've got to do something to get to heaven because religion is man's search for God, right? It's man trying to find out what it's all about. I mean, every one of us at one time or another, we've looked at life and we've looked at the world and we said, what is this all about? Why are we here? What makes, what makes us any different than any other mammal that they taught us we were in school? Amen? What made us, what, why are we here? What's my existence about? And we ask ourselves these questions. And as I began my search, I went to Scripture. Don't worry, I read some of the Quran as well, and I read some other religious books as well to see what they were all about. I thought Nirvana was, a, was a, a singing group, and then I found out that that's what Buddha taught, that you can experience enlightenment, and it's called Nirvana. And that's where that word came from, enlightenment. And enlightenment is this. Buddha taught that you can experience enlightenment 
And you could get power over all your earthly desires just by meditation. And when you got that, you experienced that. I found out something real fast in my life. I have a real hard time overcoming me. I got a few honest people. My biggest enemy is enemy. And my biggest struggle is me. And I found out there was no way I was going to overcome me with me. And there's only one religion that says this. It's not about you. It's about him. And you can't win it by yourself, so you need him. And when I started reading about that, I said, you're right. I need something greater than me to get me away from me. And I found out that this Bible talks about a man who is able to take away all of my dysfunction and somehow put them in right light and look at me and say, you're okay, you're justified, you're saved, even in my mess. I thought y'all would clap louder and go crazy right there because that's just, no, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's just really good stuff. Because... You, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? Um, I know I'm having you raise your hand a lot, but you probably need some shoulder workouts anyway. Um, how many people were hard to convince to give your life to Jesus? Raise your hand. Most of us, most of us were hard-headed. Parents praying for you. Somebody's praying for you, trying to get you to surrender, trying to get you to give up, trying to get you to, to be, and, and, I don't know about you, but I would go to church and feel something calling me to change my life. And I would go out of the church, not surrendering, and saying, feel like I accomplished something because they didn't get me. I was like, well, they didn't get me this service. But, but I found out that in all of the difficulty that it is, to talk someone into believing, not just believing, but turning over their eternal uh, destination to somebody else and saying, I trust in your righteousness, I trust in your plan, I trust in what you've done. It's really hard for us to do that. I've debated agnostics, I've debated atheists, and I'm telling you, I won the argument. But they still didn't surrender and repent and give their life to Jesus. You know why? Because it's not a work of me. It's a work of him. He said, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward? The power of God is what it takes to convert a man who is lost to a man who has surrendered his life to Jesus. But what kind of power? He said, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Can I have a minute right here? Because this is what it all hinges on. It all hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus doesn't resurrect, then he was just a, he was, he was a lunatic, for one. He was a liar, for two. But if he resurrects, it makes him Lord. So he's either liar, lunatic, or Lord. He's one of the three. Because if he doesn't resurrect, all of his teaching is in vain. Everything we sung about tonight is in vain. Because it doesn't make him any greater than Buddha or Muhammad. The problem is, is right here. He rose, when he rose from the dead, he was declared to be something greater than every other religious leader. 
Paul said it like this, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So here's the question, did he get up or did he not? And I'm here to answer that question to you tonight. It is an absolute resounding yes. Not only historically, and and history is awesome. Because it testifies that Jesus Christ of Nazareth did exist. He's not a fable. There is a Christ of history. Jesus was counted in a Roman census. He existed. He was born to Joseph and Mary. He was counted. He existed. There is a Christ of history. But the problem is I don't know that Christ. The reason I don't know that Christ, Darren, is I wasn't there when he was born. I wasn't there when he walked on the water. I wasn't there when he raised Lazarus from the dead. I wasn't there when they crucified him. I wasn't there when they buried him. I wasn't there when he resurrected. Because I was not there, I don't understand the Christ of history. But not only is there a Christ of history, there is a Christ of experience. Though I wasn't there that when they crucified him, I was there the night that his spirit began to draw me out of a life of misery into a life of joy. Though I wasn't there when they buried him, I was there when he buried me in baptism with him. How do you know Jesus resurrected? How do you know he's alive? Show him to me. Why don't you show him to me? This is, the, this is the story of the agnostic. This is the story of the atheist. Prove to me that he exists. The burden of proof is not on me. Creation testifies to the fact that first, there is a God. I don't care how you slice it. There is no way that what we got going on in this world just happened by random happen chance. You take a load of lumber out there and you can blow it up over and over and over. It will never land into a house. There must be somebody that designs it and puts it together. Creation testifies. The burden of proof is not on me. The burden of proof is on you to prove to me that he doesn't exist because I know what he did in my life. Can I get a testimony? Can somebody say amen? Can I get a witness? He changed me. I don't know about you, but when I lay down at night and go to sleep, if I live or die, I'm good with it. Why? Because my hope is in him. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Try to find me a good argument against the resurrection of Jesus. You won't find a good argument. You'll find arguments, but not good ones. Because if you go to court and you bring one eyewitness that's awesome if you bring two that's really good but Jesus appeared after his resurrection to not just one or two but to hundreds 
if you pack the courtroom with hundreds of eyewitnesses that can sit down and say, I know, I saw him after the crucifixion. Can I have a leeway right here to talk about this? The best plausible argument that they can come up with is the swoon theory. The swoon theory states this. They don't argue whether Jesus was crucified or not. That's history. The resurrection is what we have. they have to, mispro- um, to, to not prove. So they, they say, well, here's what happened. He hung on the cross for six hours. They took him down. They put him in the tomb. And in the coolness of the tomb, they thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead. And he revived, and he got up, and he... And he walked out of the tomb. Now I'm trying to add this up in my head. He hung on the cross for six hours, nails in his hands, nails in his feet. Then they come by and they pierce him in the side with a spear. He has a crown of thorns on his head. They lay him in a tomb and he gets up and he rolls the stone away and walks 30 miles into Galilee. I'm here to tell you if he did all that, he's my hero anyway. Because that is one bad hombre. That is one bad dude that can go through all of that. But I'm here to tell you, he didn't swoon. He died. But because he resurrected, that means that my old nature can be down and my new nature can walk because I can get up with him. All right. Rod in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but in the world which is to come. The world which is to come. The world which is to come. There's going to be a new heaven. And there's going to be a new earth. The only difference is there will not be a firmament between heaven and earth. It'll be done away with. So if there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, what's to say that some power is not going to rise up and overcome him? The Bible plainly tells us he's got all power. You cannot convince me there's not a devil that operates in this world. The devil ever gave you crazy thoughts? Just out of the blue, this crazy thought. I I tell y'all some of mine because, you know, I've had some crazy thoughts in my life. I thought they were just me. I've dealt with customers before. They just talk and talk and talk. And I'm like, I wonder what they'd do if I smacked them right now. I don't say it. I don't say it, but I think it. Just not not I don't want to hurt them, just the element of surprise. What would they do? And what was crazy, as I worked with the guy, he looked, he came in there and he said, Man, you ever just wonder what somebody would do out there if you smacked them? I said, You too? There must be a spirit in this place. Man, the devil give you some crazy thoughts. These impure thoughts, wrong thoughts, right? You can't tell me there's not an adversary. But as sure as there's something that gives you those thoughts, there's something else that gives you different thoughts. That thought is this. There must be something more. There's got to be something out there. There's got to be something greater than what I've experienced thus far. Life has got to be more than just this. He said this is the power of God toward us. 
in that he raised him from the dead. He seated him above principalities and powers. There is no power greater than the power of Jesus. Let me say it again. There is no power greater than the power of Jesus. He'll save you from the uttermost to the guttermost. He'll save when nobody thought you could be saved. He'll deliver when nobody thought you could be delivered. He'll get, oh man, somebody tell me, did he change you? Do you walk in peace now? Man, it's crazy. I'm sitting at work this morning. These guys start talking. They're like, we're getting ready to go to war. Are we? Yeah, I think it's going to get bad. What do you think, preacher? I think we've been at war for a long time. I think the Bible says they'll cry peace, peace, where there is no peace. But you know what's amazing about it? It's how nervous people get when they think about what could happen. I promise you, whatever happens, I can't change it anyway. But here's what's really cool about my situation. I got my hand in the hand of the man who's got it all in control. So you know what doesn't matter to me? Whatever happens. I've already punched my ticket, and I know because Jesus resurrected, I too resurrected. And I know it's not I don't have a feeling everything's going to be all right. I have a certainty that everything is going to be all right. He had put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Ephesians 2 and 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You ever told a lie? You ever stole anything? I'm looking around. Remember when I asked y'all if anybody in here ever had a false ID in their life? And some of you heathens raised your hand. You ever done anything wrong? How do you know it was wrong? What made it wrong? What, may, what makes some things wrong and some things right? There must be something that we measure them by. Which means there must be something that is extremely evil because some things are worse than others. And there must be something that is perfect so that we can measure it by. Because the only way we can know good and evil if there is a good God and there is an evil enemy. The only way we can know what is truly good is if God truly is good. And the closer we get to him, the better it is. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, but you hath he quickened. Here's what's crazy. I can win the argument with the atheist, but if the spirit doesn't quicken him, it does me no good. But you know what's awesome? The spirit can work on a person when they're in their car all by themselves with nobody talking to them at all. That's the power of God. Uh, somebody testify. Did he deal with you? Does he deal with you in ways when there is no preacher, there is no debate, there is nobody trying to convince you, but there's a voice and there's a God and there's a call and there's all this conversation. Amen. Amen. Me too. 
Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of diso disobedience. Disobedience. It's a spirit. What we've made it is we've made it all emotional. And we've made it all physical. But there is a spiritual side to everything. Amen. And there is a spirit that trumps every other spirit. Uh, when you walked according to the course of this world, why does it not stop at one spot? The only thing I can liken this to is a golf course. You don't, could you imagine if you went on there on hole one and you hit and you knock it home, you go back to the same tee and you hit again and you sit there on hole one? That's not a course. A course takes you from one to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And this world has a course to it. We got people right now who are messed up because they started out with just one thing, but they didn't stop there because the world has a course to it. There's entry-level things, and it works you into the next thing and the next thing. And before you know it, you find yourself at the end, and you're looking around and asking yourself, how did I get here? Because we walked according to the course of this world. But thanks be to God that he got us off of that course, and he brought us in to his family. And now we no longer are walking toward destruction, but we are now walking toward life. But it does me no good unless the Spirit is working to tell you that. But when the Spirit it begins to work on you there's things that he wants to do in you that only God can do so here's the deal there's a road greatest illustration I know come here Don't swing, that's weird. that's how it works things pull on you don't they 
You know, some of my worst battles came after I gave my life to Jesus. So those preachers that say, give your life to Jesus and everything will be all right, they're not right. Give your life to Jesus and your destiny is secure. (laughs) But there's still a battle. Amen. But there's a resurrected Savior. And when all the principalities and the powers that come against you, there's one that sets higher than them all. The Bible says he sat at the right hand of God. The right hand is talking about power. So when I got a need, I don't have to deal with it myself. I can take it to him because he has the power to overcome for me. Being a Christian is not about trying harder. It's about surrendering more. I don't have to try harder to be a Christian. I got to surrender to him more so that he can win my battle for me. It's about submission and surrender. It's about saying, God, it's yours. I I give it to you, and then things change. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. You hath he quickened, made alive. I know some of you. I know where you came from. You were heathens. What'd you say? Was Johnny a heathen? His mom said he was. His sister's amen in her. But God, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy and his great love, wherewith he loved us. If Calvary was the ultimate expression of, Jesus, of God's love, then the resurrection must be the ultimate expression of God's power. Let me say that again. If Calvary was the ultimate communication of God's love, then the resurrection is the ultimate example of his power. Nobody had even thought about that before. Hey, let's get our leader to rise from the dead. That'll get him. Nobody thought about it because it wasn't possible with them. But with God, who is the giver of life, it is possible. So I'm going to sum up with this. Come on, musicians. Here's how I know Jesus lives. This is how I know that Jesus is alive right now. Because of this guy right here. I knew I knew who he was. I knew what kind of mess he was in. Raised in a Christian home. Doesn't matter. Let me say that again. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. He didn't get to punch that well. My mom and dad taught me. Didn't matter. Was in a mess. But something changed his life. Not only changed it for a moment, didn't reform him, but made him born all over again. So now he's a new creature in Christ. Amen? I look back there at that guy who is now my son-in-law. The reason I know that Jesus Christ is alive is because of him. 
I've seen God do things. I'm at work, and I'm, I'm, I'm driving across the top of the strip job, and, and I stop, and I'm praying for Shane. And I called Tracy, and, and not to reveal a whole lot of stuff, but Tracy was mad at Shane. Because mamas do that. And I called Tracy, and I said, I just got a burden for Shane, and I'm praying for him. And she said, what is it about you? Shane, she didn't tell me not to pray, but I got this feeling she didn't want me to. Called him up and I said, hey, where you at? He said, just coming back from playing basketball. I said, you want to go eat? I'm buying. He said, yeah, I'm hungry. Let's go. So I sat down and I talked to him. And I witnessed to him. I told him about Jesus. And you know what? Man, I've seen a change in his life. Come on, Tracy, hold her up. Yeah, yeah. Hold her up. So here's what I do. You know what I do? That's our grandbaby. That's Shane's kid. So sometimes, so sometimes I see Sophie and I look at Tracy and I say, that's what I've seen in Shane. You don't get to change people like that. Only God can take a person who's on the wrong road and bring them in and take them the right way. You don't have that luxury but God who is able to take a guy like Jason and a guy like Shane and a guy like Damon and a guy like Gene and a guy, oh, he's able to do it. Why? Because he's alive. You know how I know Jesus is alive? Because of this guy right here. We've had some hard conversations. Remember when we were on that ride together, just me and you? What's that? He said, how could I forget? We had hard conversations. I told him, I just told him stuff. Just dad stuff. And you know what? If you don't see a change in this guy, then you ain't looking. You can't, you can't do that. But a resurrected Savior can. I mean, he's got a gift. He can sing. But it ain't just about his ability to sing. There's something with it. There's a witness to it. There's a testimony with it. Amen. You know how I know Jesus is alive? I look over at Sam. Sam, long time I knew you as a little heathen kid. You had us fooled for a while. You just little kid raised in a Christian home. And you know what you did? You went Looney Tunes, man. Amen. And you know what's amazing about it? when you're raised in a Christian home? You hide it for a while, don't you? You know why you hide it? One, you're afraid of getting beat. The other thing is you don't want to let your parents down, right? But God. Has anybody heard this guy preach? 
That's God. That's God. So you know what? Right now, as they sing, you already sing a song. I'm done. I'm done. I feel like preaching Easter, but it ain't Easter yet. Right now, we're going to look inward. Here's what we're going to do. If you're here tonight and you need Jesus, you say, man, I really don't even know what's going on. Don't even know what this is all about. But, man, I do feel something dealing with my heart. Make a step. We'll pray with you. We started doing something crazy around here. Somebody comes to get prayer, we clap like crazy for them. We're on your team. We know you're dysfunctional. Because we're dysfunctional. If you're here and you are saved, look inside right now and say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Mom didn't save me. Dad didn't save me. Grandpa didn't save me. Grandma didn't save me. Jesus saved me. You know what you ought to do for just a moment? Just worship him for just a minute. As they sing this song, if you need prayer, we're here for you. We're here for you. If you need to step out of the aisle and come forward, we're here to pray with you. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy, For his great love, wherewith he loved us. But God. Creation knows the voice.